So I've made a list of things that I'd like to get through. Oh, I think we'll certainly make a significant dent in it. Good. That's good. Good. You want to start with the blowjob? For 31 years, my husband would climb on top, do the business, roll off, put his pyjamas on and go back to sleep. I've never had an orgasm. And yes, in fact, if we do this, he will only be the second man I have ever had sex with. Oh, God. No, Nancy. This is crazy. Nancy. It's terrible. It's wrong. Nancy. Yes? Let's go to bed. Okay. What's the oldest person you've ever done it with? 82. 82? Yeah. 82? Nancy. Okay, I'm feeling a bit better now. <laughs> I've been very bad today, miss. You might have to keep me behind after class. Okay, stop it. No, I know, miss. But no, we no, no, just... safe word, safe word. We don't have a safe word. What about you, the real you? I'm whatever you want me to be. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I've never done anything interesting or remarkable in my life. This is it. I see my friends shriveling up over the years. Sorry. Nancy, everyone needs something different. I don't judge my clients. Unless they're total arseholes. <laughs> some, some sort of sex saint. Are you real? <laughs> I have felt more alive in this last month than I can ever remember. You're the only adventure I've ever had. Oh, shit. Oh, oh God. Well, what am I going to say? Hello, sorry, I can't talk now because I've booked this man for the night and I'm trying to perform horse sex on him. I just don't have to say that. Hello, popsters. Yes, what you can tell, maybe you'll be able to tell from that trailer is the beautiful voice of, is she a dame yet? Dame Emma Thompson, the great Emma Thompson, and um, Daryl McCormick, who you will probably not know, but he um, is from Peaky Blinders. In the um, Hulu movie, it came out on Hulu, um, good luck to you, Leo Grant. You're going to not know this movie, though, because it's not getting enough love, but we are going to talk about it today and its importance especially for female sexuality and aging and ageism and just and what pleasure and pleasure we're going to be talking about female pleasure (laughs) and without further ado i have return guest of the clinical nature as well (laughs) which is very exciting ms rachel droder hello rachel hello and rachel tell me we're Okay, Rachel and I are both jazzed about this discovery yes. because <laughs> we found out that we were both absolutely enchanted by this movie. And we know of no one else, it appears, that watched this movie on Hulu. I know that there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of um, streaming competition. There's a lot of competition. But you- this is, there are so many, like Emma Thompson is the queen and still... I did not hear, like, I've had, I not had to, like, I have, it's been a pleasure to tell people about this movie, but, like, I was surprised that people hadn't heard about it. There has not even been a small chittering, I would call it. I call it a chittering, which yeah. is not a chattering, which is a, <laughs> even a smaller, a frettering, a, yeah. a, a small frettering, <laughs> chittering, chattering of excitement over this movie, which angers me. Yeah. But I looked at it, as many of you know, you know, I'm consuming a lot of TV and media um, sometimes good sometimes bad but a lot of things were coming out at the same time you know the premiere of boys the boys came out on Amazon Prime um, season four of Westworld a lot of things competing for the attention of this things that have nothing to do with this but a lot of people are like Teresa <laughs> I'm watching the boys or Teresa I don't have time for this I'm still watching the episodic version of Time Traveler's Wife, which let's put a let's put a pin in that. Yes. Um, that yes. problematic as fuck. With the, the lead in that uh, was in Downton Abbey ah. as like a maid turned 
like no. socialite wife or yes. something? Yes. Okay. So ironically, both of the, this is how we go on tangents. Both <laughs> of the people that are in the, because there was a film version of Time Traveler's Wife that came out in the early, uh, the 2010s area uh-huh. with um, Rachel McAdams. McAdams and Eric Bana. Um, which I n- never saw. I never saw it. Whenever uh, I talk about About Time with Rachel McAdams, people are like, I, I don't say the title of the movie. They're like, oh, Time Traveler's Wife. I was like, no, she's in another movie about... Called About Time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's... About Time Travel. She's all about time travel, Rachel she McAdams, is. and does not get enough attention for it. Um, no, that... So, HBO Go, or HBO Max, I mean, has created, I guess, an episodic multi-season version which to me that seems to have more legs on it than just having a movie and i ate that shit up and watched every episode did you really but laid down i I had a headache after every episode because i at one point i put to try to put it on paper of how all of this is happening and it doesn't make sense (laughs) to me but the leads in it of the episodic version are I don't, I, I'm not going to tell you what her real first name is um, or last name because I don't know. But she was, she, she was in the first season of Downton Abbey and she was a, um, she was a maid, right? Yeah. She was a housekeeper who had a dalliance, a sexual dalliance with someone from, who was from the upper crust and who was mm-hmm. visiting the Downton Abbey right. and she ended up getting pregnant. Um, but she is most famously known for as playing the role of Egret in Game of Thrones, which ah. was a wildling character. Game of Thrones people know I'm talking about. She had red hair, and she yeah. is married red to... Red hair, doe eyes. Red hair, doe eyes, and... Cute. And, and, I mean, you would love this character. And tough as nails, and she was in love with the Kit Harrington character who played... Jon Snow. We all know the Jon Snow character. <laughs> she's in love with him. They are married now in real life. Yes. Just a little trivia for you. And the male is Theo James, who was also in season one of Downton Abbey. Wow. Like her. And Wait, who, who did he play in Downton Abbey? In played a, he played a great character. So when people were trying to get me into Downton Abbey, I go, no, no. <laughs> now, um, I'm not... Listen. I love Downton Abbey. I love it, but I didn't think I was really going to get into it. I'm like... What is it about these these rich people in England that I'm going to really be able to... Really they're like Maggie Smith, Teresa, and this. I'm like, all right, all right. She's great, but is Maggie it, Smith, Teresa, another dame that you love. Another dame that I love. And I'm like, I just don't know. Well, halfway through season one, Theo James shows up. And Downton Abbey and Julian Fellows knocked me off, knocked me off my mantle. Who, who did he play? Theo James played an aristocrat, and he was like a... I don't know. He's a Turkish guy? Is yes, guy? and he, and he is. He is. He is. I don't know what his, uh, what his heritage. What, no idea. What he, uh, he is darkish, and he is he is darker complected, and he. It was written in there that he was, I don't know. But he was Turkish, like, yeah. um, or something. But he was an aristocrat, and he was visiting. Yes, and he had an encounter with one of the characters. This is a Don Abbey spoiler if you're, if you're interested. He not only had an encounter with Lady Mary, Lady he, Mary had sex with him, and then he had a heart, heart attack. attack. In the middle of it. And her mother and her... Uh, hid, hid the body, or made the body seem like it died on its own in his own bed. After and listen to me, I was I was body. expecting that level of sexiness throughout every episode, which I did not get. But I'm not putting it down. It was that first season of Downton Abbey delivered. Yeah. And that is why. But anyway. we are not talking about so that show. One, one of the things, so you mentioned kind of as we started our tangent, you mentioned like there were so many other movies that kind of took precedence over Good Luck to You, Leo Graham, that like really didn't give it the press time. I, I, yeah, not even know? movies, but diff- just different things that were coming out. At this, around the same time. Around uh, this early June period. like. Yeah. Um, it, June being Pride Month, there was a lot of releases. Also, Fire Island came out. The big thing that was getting attention on Hulu and my, um, that I was seeing was Fire Island. If people haven't seen that, Fire Island, which was um, a full um, queer cast, 
Um, and not only a full queer cast, but with Asian, with an Asian lead, um, played by Joel Kim Booster. I highly recommend it. It is a delightful movie and it is based, it is loosely based on both, um, Sense and Sensibility and Emma. Oh, so I, and it has gotten a lot of press. It is really fun. It's also, um, um, Bowen Yang and Joel Kim Booster are the leads. And it talks a lot about really important things in, um, especially in the gay male culture about how there is so much um, bias within that. Mm -hmm. And they always bring it, they bring it up a lot in the movie about no fat, no femmes, no, no femmes, no Asians, Mm -hmm. no blacks. That is literally, that has been a prevalent bias that has happened in the gay culture when it comes to you know, ads and things like that, which sounds disgusting. It still happens. When I think about it, like the evolution of queer culture, when you look at like, like cis white mm-hmm. gay men, like that feels right. Very aligned with what the media really. Pushes. And they, and they talk about that quite a lot within this movie. And this movie is by the way, delightful. If you guys are friends of Margaret Cho, there's not enough of her in it, but she's kind of like the house mama to this group of this group of uh, male queer friends. And they they every year they have a pilgrimage to Fire Island and they stay at her place. She has a cute bohemian little place that I want to own. <laughs> um, and it's really their adventures. But again, it's the Joel Kim Booster character is very much an Emma. And the story, though, is very much. Emma mixed with sense and sensibility. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a fixer and he's trying to fix people up and he's trying to direct them to this way or that. And he ain't right about anything. <laughs> just like Emma. And like, that is a really, to, to see that advertised is like a really attractive thing to say, like, here yeah. are all these cross sections of culture. And here is like a, like a gay man's take on Emma, which is like the last thing that you maybe would have thought and so, like, that being and an pushed... And Asian gay yeah. man's take. Right. And, like, to to have that pushed at the same time as a movie like, <laughs> good, like good Luck to You, Leo Grand, to, to me and to you, that was a really, like, seeing Good Luck to You, Leo Grand advertised was a really, like, um, I was really drawn to it. I was, like, me really too. curious about it. But I think, like, in the world, having a story about a middle-aged or middle-to-older woman like making choices about her sexuality and and centering this specific part of her life on pleasure I don't think is it may it may be a curiosity to pe- curiosity to people but I don't think it's like oh that's the one I'm going to choose over all of these other depictions of like culture and community you know? right that's a that's a really good point and uh, yeah again there was a very big push I don't know if people noticed it as much as I did there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of what is called rainbow washing with corporations um mm-hmm. especially this last year in 2022 that we've seen which you know we all know what that looks like all of a sudden here's a logo say a logo a for Amazon and it's all rainbow and we love our LGBTQIA. It's kind of like become a meme in the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Target, like- Target is, I mean, it, it, it's hilarious mm-hmm. because if you are um, part of that community, if you're an ally with that community, it's laughable. It feels like night and day. Like, you know, like the <laughs> meme that says like June 30th is rainbows everywhere and July 1st is like Gay who, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) So we were seeing, to me, that's what was taking up a lot of the cultural space. Yeah. And all of a sudden they, they put in this gem of a movie, um, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, where I'm like, I'm glad that it's here, but I almost wish it was here in another month because I wanted it to get more, (laughs) I wanted to get more, um, attention. And again, that's why we're speaking about it today. So, um, this movie, which could be a play. Yes. Yes. You, you really, the bulk of it, except for one character, um, who is, who comes in and I would say the very end, the very end, who is a waitress and somebody that, um, was like kind of connected to one of the characters Nancy. In, in her past life, you right? Know? But other than that, it's just two of them. It's just 
Leo, who his real name is not Leo. Leo Grand is um, a 20-something, I would say maybe 25 at most, maybe 26. Oh, no, I, w- I would say 25 to 30. 25 to, th- yeah, yeah, 25 to 30. I, it's hard to pin. Oh, actually, no. Uh, within, and this is, again, spoilers, but, like, this is within the context of the show. He, like, talks about, like, his relationship with his mom and his brothers. Yeah, you're and right, it, probably it did, 25 it did to feel, 30. It did feel, like, youngish. So, like, I, I would agree, like, you know, young, 25, 26, 27. And this, and... People, you probably, unless you have watched, and I have not watched the show. I know people that love Peaky Blinders. Um, I have not. The cast of Peaky Blinders looks amazing. You have Cillian Murphy. Um, this gentleman, you have um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Looks like a great cast. Yeah. It just... Real. It's a lot. It's real violent. Yeah. It's just not complete. <laughs> like from the get. From the get. It is not my <laughs> cup of tea. But it, it does revolve around Irish first generation Irish immigrants, um, in New York and, you know, surviving Mm -hmm. thinking's the New York y'all. It's very much that. And, and Daryl McCormick is an Irish plays, is an Irish person, plays an Irish character and is opposite Dame Emma Thompson. And he's also biracial. He's also biracial. Yes. And Emma Thompson plays Nancy, who is a 60 something retired school teacher and i don't know what the age of retire like compared to the states um so yeah she we i do think she's 65 maybe yeah around 65 or so yeah she looks dynamite by the way she is god i like and anything that she's in i can't take my eyes off of her so i'm like of course i wanted to see this movie it's she's such an amazing actress and just tiny mannerisms and tiny um expressions and that's why this i was like this movie how is this not a play first and and maybe it is and i'm ignorant and it was based on a it could be this movie could be a play um so because it's it's really about manners and it's it's a very sexy movie but that's not to me the the um you know, in their sexuality within it, like actually them doing things. Yeah. But it is not the importance of it. It's not the... It's not the focus. Like, I, when I was thinking about this episode, I, one of the things that I was, like, kept going on and on in my mind is, like, for a movie that was about the act and the perception of sex, mm-hmm. it was way less of a sex movie than I anticipated. Oh, like, yeah. It was... It didn't make... But, like, th- then I really realized it was really still like erotically charged so much of the time but like because of that and like it was it was charged not just their chemistry but like the the awkwardness of it and emma thompson being like i you know have this relationship with this person because i requested a sex worker Uh and so now like leo grand being the sex worker that comes to her she's like yes i'm into this wait no i actually actually leave like you know there's like this kind of back and forth right charged like really i mean like kind of kiddish sort of energy that just made me really giddy in the ways that like sexy movies do but at the same time like there was not like this like everyone's got their clothes off all the time and it's like raunchy like they just i didn't feel any less like turned on by the scenarios but i wasn't it wasn't like strictly only sex you know? no i was absolutely i was stimulated by their conversation yes which i find a hundred times sexier than anything yeah and i look at my life and i'm like when were you the most attracted to someone mm-hmm. that like made the actual <laughs> physical even more amazing and i'm like oh by conversation mm-hmm. by that and so Nancy's situation, this is going to be filled with spoilers. So <laughs> just telling you right now, put this on pause now. Go bo- go watch it and come back. Okay. You did it. Now you're back. Okay. Nancy is realizing her husband, she's a widow. Um, she is a widow and a mother. Again, retired school teacher. Retired religion teacher. Yeah, retired religion teacher. (laughs) And she is realizing... Dexter is just enjoying the sun right now, and it's so adorable. Um, She's gotten to a point where she's like, "Um, I have never been sexually fulfilled. Mm -hmm. 
first off, for Nancy to be able to even get to that place and to get to this decision to do something about it should be commended. There are women that have never, that would never even go that far. That would be just like, I'm going to die not knowing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when she describes her experiences a couple times with her husband, yeah, holy it's, God, it's it's very it's very traditional. It's very, very traditional. Vanilla. It's my mother's generation. It, yeah, it's like very much like the children of the people that raised you in the fifties. Like, the man comes home, you know, has a glass of scotch, like gets on top of you, finishes, and then like she she literally in the movie right was like he would do what he he needs to right. do. He would fall over back onto his pillow and fall asleep and that was that that was our sex life yeah he had to go and yeah. it was done yeah and she in the big the big thing that she keeps on telling leo which he i mean it's more of a challenge to him at this point because mm-hmm. he's a sex worker mm-hmm. and he's so tender and so caring and he's so calming the way he talks to her. But she's never had an orgasm. Yeah, she's, she's like, I'm going to be frank with you. And she's like, not like, and, and in, a, in the movie, she's like, I don't want you to get your hopes up. She kept right. saying things like. Like she would like, I'm going to disappoint you. Uh, yes. She, she's like, am I a disappointment to you? I must be a disappointment to you. And he's sitting there like, like he's an old friend, very casually, very like unstressed. And is like, why do you think you're a disappointment? And she, like, she kind of is this fulfillment of, like, middle-aged woman who's had a really unfulfilled sex life saying, I've, saying literally, I've always been disappointed. So why is this any different? Even, even though she's making this choice. Right. That is completely out of her comfort zone. That even right. this is not going to fulfill her. And, like, there's, there's a slight sadness to it, but, like... The, the the openness and the like kindness and the like just just the casual relationship nature of Leo being like okay I I hope it happens but like I'm here for the journey nonetheless right and she is extremely fascinated by him and she can't yeah. help because she is a mother yeah. and she has a child probably around his age mm-hmm. she is she wants to know so much about him personally and he's pretty much like this is my business. This is my business. And he does open up to her eventually very deeply personally about things. He he gives him, gives her some surface level things at first. Um, yeah. And says really frankly, when she is that concerned mother, like, are you okay? Is someone pressuring you to do this? Do you need, like, are you safe? Like, there, there's are like, you safe? Like, for college. Yes. You know, like, there's, like, does your mother know? Like, all of these things that... <laughs> give this perception that like he's not doing this because he wants to do this like he's doing this because there's no other option for him which is this narrative in media that like sex work is one only tragic and two only the last resort and only when people are like forced you know and there and this movie I really loved that they gave another layer of what sex work could be correct you know like it is the the it's not riddled with tragedy you know, he is a level-headed person. He is a con- he, he is a consenting adult. You yes. know, there's this. He he made this comment in the middle of the movie that I thought was really lovely. That she's like, um, like, what do you do for people, and what are your like services? And he's like, sometimes I go over and like walk someone's dog, or sometimes I help them wash, or sometimes I have sex with them. Like it is. My- sometimes we just talk. I have a person that we. They just want. To so, talk to someone. Yeah, or, like, hold my hand. And I, I feel like, I hope that for Nancy, it had, like, opened her eyes to, now that I have this person here, I don't have to do the most so quickly, but, like, I can really have, I can do and be in relationship with someone in ways that feel comfortable for me. Like, do I talk with them? Do I have a glass of wine with them? Do I cuddle a little bit? And then do I, you know... What is her rhythm? Which he's discovering discovering in real time. Oh, absolutely. And it is... It, it, the first... They have different interludes. Um, so the way the movie is set up, which I enjoy, is it's like meeting one, meeting two, meeting three. Yeah. So that first time they get together, 
it's, I mean, it's not like, oh, wham, bam, we're going to get this done with. I mean, she's such a planner, such a list maker. At one point, she has a list of things. And she first has to establish a level of comfort with him. And he is frank with her. He's like, well, Nancy, you picked me. Yeah, he, you, you paid picked for this service, and you said yes. And and this is what I, I'm here. I want to make you comfortable, and he mm-hmm. is helping guide her. Nancy, we can sit down first. We can talk. Let's have a drink. Yeah, let's have a drink. Let's. I oh, mean, do you remember that scene when she is like, when, when when he's like, okay, so what's your fantasy? And she's like, um, I don't didn't think that far. And right. She, and he's like, okay, so what do you want? And all she says is like, I would like to have sex with you tonight. Yes. Like, and then that's like the, the, the last thing. And she gets so tied up with like the, the kind of anticipation of it that she's like, can we just do this and get it over with? Oh yes. And he's like, it's about doing it and getting over with. So I can, so I can mark it off my list. And he's like, no. And and, and there's like this, this, um, this, this piece about like, there's like this kind of sex education that's involved there. Yes. He's like, this doesn't have to be compulsory. This doesn't have to be... Oh, yes. Um, this doesn't have to be something you have to get over. It can be pleasurable, which is something that, you know, I'm not going to say, like, you would think that someone at this age would whatever. No, you because, absolutely not. Because you not. can't assume, you know? You can't assume that, especially when someone has been in a long-term monogamous kind of heteronormative relationship for so long that, like, sex education doesn't stop, especially when we think about sex education today. I mean, if the state of the world is not like comprehensive and it's really strictly abstinence only sort of education, everything that happens within that, it was triple that in the fifties and sixties, you know, and when I they were mean, getting their education. And I mean, I even look at our ages. I mean, I'm 48. You are. I'll be 31 in two days, 31 in two days. <laughs> and, um, I was brought up in a, my mother and never talked about sex with me. My father never talked about sex with me. Um, my mother was a virgin when she met my father. My mother's only partner she's ever had is my father. Um, I hate to talk shit about my mom, but I don't think sex has ever been on my mother's top of mind. Um, and I never was able to go with her and could ever imagine going to my mother for any of questions at all. It took me until I was very late in the game to having sex. Very late. I did not have sex in high school. Most because I had a promiscuous friend. Mm-hmm. And I saw how she was perceived, perceived mm-hmm. and shamed. And she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And... Enjoyed the perception or enjoyed the... No, no, like, not the, the perception. But she enjoyed some of the sex. I don't think all of the sex, but some of it. But you were looking at her and like, oh, I, I don't want to do this. I was looking at her and um, the I think the perception of other people outside of it, um, it scared me. And um, I also was growing up in the midst of aid scares and things of that nature and I'm like well even if I have sex I'm gonna have to there's gonna have to be 16 condoms and it really talk about it fucking with your like idea of pleasure first you know it wasn't even like that so when I actually did have sex for me Mm -hmm. the first time I had sex it was not with someone that I loved Mm -hmm. it was someone to get it done with yeah And that is still to this day a bit of a regret. But that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I did it because I was in love with someone that I wanted to have that with. And the pressure from that, that that was put on that other person was too much for him. And I understand that. It was like because I was in college and that person was like, freaked out Mm -hmm. they did not want to be the one responsible for that which you know if we're going to talk about virginity as a concept yeah as like a social socially constructed concept and like the pressure that we put on to ourselves and each other to say 
I'm going to somehow like be this person that is going to like not like break you but like <laughs> yeah. to, to like ru- like ruin you or whatever right and it's like this this really puritanical oh notion. yeah and so that, that that we believe and so oh, we're yeah like, I need to ready myself by getting either experience or just getting it over with so that I can somehow in the future somehow relax into this loving encounter with someone um feels like so much pressure it's so much pressure and I do think it what it does is it sets you up in a very weird way with other relationships down the road because when I was when I would meet people in college because I this I did not get it done with until the end of my college years yeah I was in relationships with other people and I was I'm believe me I was having fun I was a party girl, all of these things, but it was like this thing I just would not do. So where did, can I ask like where, you said like my parents didn't teach me these things. <laughs> I didn't like, you know, school I assume was not comprehensive, but like, so like where who, was it Who learned? taught me? Yeah. Like, was it like friends? Was it like textbooks? Like a lot of people like from like the <laughs> research is like kind of socially, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely friends but I had to find the right friends um and the right guidance with it and not um guidance of some other people that I'm like well that sounds absolutely awful um older friends that were like all right you're overthinking things absolutely um research on my own and also you have to and definitely research of what is good for me so it was okay for me to kind of do it later Mm -hmm. I knew like sexually to get frank what turned me on what didn't turn me on I was still able to be very very directive before I actually had like penetrative sex yeah yeah. I guess penal to vaginal yeah. sex because I had done. Which is also like a layer of this conversation. Right. That like, good luck to you, Leo Grand, is strictly a heterosexual. Encounter. Absolutely. Like, like her version of what sex is, is penis and vagina. Mm-hmm. And it is missionary. And it is vanilla. Like, I mean, that is what her idea of, of it sex is. sex is, right. And what we see, if we're talking about the queer community too, is that like, Sex can look like so many different things. Absolutely. And it is, like, up to you that, like, when we talk about sex education and, like, this kind of buildup of, like, losing your virginity and everyone is so pressure-filled and it's in this bubble of, like, even if you're a queer person, you're under this under this umbrella of heteronormativity that, like, unless it's penetrative, unless there's a penis involved, unless, like, all of these things are, are boiled down, then it's not actually sex. Right. And that is really difficult for people to it is come to terms with where it's like so many things can be and I think I was I think I was also very lucky because I have always had very um I've always been friends with queer people always and that just got even bigger after I left college I went to OU very hippie free college yada 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 But um, I wasn't friends with as many gay and queer people than that I was. I actually, that, that, um, I would say that window just expanded more and more for me. And some of my closest friends are gay and queer. And it really hasn't been the heterosexual people that have guided me (laughs) to... um, embrace my sexuality and explore my sexuality as it has been queer people Mm, and that has been that has been huge and me being the age i am i've always been much more open to that than i would say other people my age Hmm. and i had a friend say the other day um well my mother even though she's closer to your age than you are to my age because i am friends many people know with people of all differing ages and I tend to be friends with a lot of people that are younger and that's because of my ideologies mm-hmm. tend to be more aligned with young, younger people than people my age yeah. um, she's like but my mother even though she's closer to your age has a very precious view and a kind of a old fashioned view of sex mm. 
pleasure, yes. all of those things. And that sex and pleasure can be synonymous sometimes. Right, which or to like, me, they're not, they're absolutely not. And it took me mm-hmm. a very, it took me a while. And it wasn't until probably my 30s to be like, oh, these are not always connected. Right, and like the like umbrella is like sex is like at the top and then pleasure is like one of the many things that can be of sex. <laughs> right. Where like the opposite is the truth. You know, like, ple- like ple- there's so many ways to have pleasure, including sex, including connection, including every single kind of intimacy. And it's, you know? and I think it is amazing how much you are like, I am, I am not a practicing Catholic. I was brought up Catholic. Um, I, um, I believe in the church of God, whatever that God is for you. Um, I'm, I'm not a, a big, huge component. I'm very scared of organized religion, but I, I'm a huge believer in spirituality and I do believe there is a God. And I, I, I do believe that the version, and this is my big Christianity moment, but the, my version (laughs) of Jesus, um, and I, I do believe he was a prophet that walked on this earth. And I believe he has been so abused by people. And I um, believe he was much more of a benevolent human being. That would have been much more aligned with today. Like the compassion of the people. With the compassion of the people. Well, compassion of queer people. Compassion of people that believe in other ideologies. And what is and what is not considered dirty and this and what have you. But... That impact, that impact of not being, not being able to talk about sex and being, and really being taught, you know, I'm, I, I am not only brought up Catholic, but from an Italian family and to treat like, you should treat yourself like a prize. Mm. I hate saying that. I was never told that. Always the implication. Really? Yeah, you're yeah, you're a good Italian girl. Your price to be one. To be one. Mm. Um and I have um clearly gone against all of those things I, in and my I family. That, that conversation was not like your prize to be one and the winner could be yourself. The winner is never yourself. Right. It was someone else. Preferably a straight man. Yeah, preferably a straight and preferably don't it's always the, not to quote Alanis Morissette, but damn, <laughs> Alanis Morissette from the 90s, that first album. Talk about a prophet living on earth. A prophet living on, I connected so well with Alanis Morissette because although Canadian, that girl, same, like that whole, those lines, be a good girl. I mean, let's just listen to Jacket a Little Pill. I'm not talking about just, I just, um. Just not all the hits, uh, the B-sides. The B-sides. Because she talks about everything, if you grew up in a Catholic household, mm-hmm. of what people didn't talk about. And this is not a, this is not an affront to my family. This is not like a... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that our families and the families of our friends are a result of the water that we are all swimming in. Oh, yes. You know, it's not, it's not our individual families that are like, you know, creating us. It's like... They are the result of a, a quote-unquote Christian nation that we're living in. Yes. Which is complete and utter bullshit. And the idea that, like, the standard is we are saving ourselves. And, the sta- and like, kind oh, of the, yeah. it's the standard the, it, it's is the heteronormativity. Sa- and the, all of these standards. And, like, anything else is, like, an offshoot from that or a sidestep from that. Whereas, like, what what we see as the reality is that, like, the standard is incredibly diverse and oh absolutely all... i mean i had a you said saving yourself and this is very ironic this the thing i should have first brought up when i was in high school mm-hmm. my narrative that i did not give myself that other people put on me mm-hmm. because i had this close friend who was promiscuous who was promiscuous mm-hmm. um and I, as i said at times at times I felt willingly and enthusiastically and I, at other times I feel not because mm-hmm. you can be two things can be the truth that seem very divergent. And yeah. she was, you know, at times I felt pushed into things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the party girl who abstained hmm. and people put a narrative on me that, well, you know, Teresa's saving herself. 
And I'm like, I never signed <laughs> off on that. Where did I? And where did I it sign? put me in a very weird situation hmm. with different people that sought me out. Interesting. Um, a gross situation hmm. in the fact that I do remember very... This is a weird, weird, I do remember very, very vividly being, um, like 16, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Cause my friend again was sexual, like at 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I entered high school again, and I have no, that's not a judgment. I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. I was also a cheerleader, a cheer, a leader. cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> At the age of um, going into high school, mm-hmm. um, it was too constricting to me, and I got out of that um, after that first year. But I was, because of that, and because of the fact that they knew I was abstaining, mm-hmm. because for some reason that was public fucking knowledge. <laughs> it's like, and I was sought after. I was sought after for these reasons. It had nothing to do with it. I dated a guy that was like, like a senior when I was a freshman mm-hmm. that I felt absolutely terrified to be with alone every single time. Like, mm. um, I'm glad. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got out and of so that like, situation. So like, yeah. So we are, we are learning at, you know, any age, but like at, you know, 14, 15, going into high school, kind of expanding our social circles, expanding our, I mean, literally learning about our sexuality as we're trying to practice it. Horrible. With people that are doing the same thing on top of like the rumor mill, the public perception, the like pressure, the like kind of hormones and everything that like people's like, you know, perception and what they kind of the label that they put on you is this like comically like overblown sort of thing where instead of saying like this person feels comfortable with their sexuality that they want to explore that with multiple people or this person is like you know wanting to have fun and fun looks like a different way to them right you know it's like oh well Teresa's you know holding out on us or well I couldn't well I you you couldn't be it was a safety to me like damn if you do damn if you don't well to me it was a safety thing and i I, at least i had enough strength to say i i mean i ended a thing with somebody that was a lot older than like Mm -hmm. and it sounds crazy but when you're 15 years old Mm -hmm. and someone is close to 18 it shouldn't seem that much of a difference in experience and at a time and everything but it was a lot of it was very scary for me. I did not feel that safe with this person. Mm-hmm. But th- that language didn't exist then. There's yes. so much language that exists then, and there's been, which I'm overjoyed about. People like will talk about things like people are over this, and it's too much with consent, and people talk about this too much, and they're and they're like they're like delineating a natural process. Well. For me, I didn't even have the language to to say it because it wasn't out there in there. And I was just like, I'm not comfortable. Yes. I, I had and enough. That's all I could really get out of my mouth. All I had said was, I have to end this and I'm not comfortable. Yes. And I, I mean, and that was that was difficult for me. Yeah. Um, because I just, but the way I'm connecting this, like with Nancy, it was like, oh my God, this woman is a lot older than me, but I was connected with that because I was like, something changed in me, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until my like late 20s where I'm like, I'm absolutely never not going to be vocal. Yes. And like that I can and, say no and I can walk away and that person is just going to be having their own experience. And they're but... either with me or they're not. Yes. And I have to be fine with it. And I think, you know, as I've gotten older, that's become more and more important. But I, I have friends my age that don't voice that, yeah. that have never voiced that. And I think what you brought up about, like, when people, you know, people, people's perceptions about young people today, like, oh, there's so much consent talk. There's so much, like, planning. There's thank so God. Much, like, you know, yeah, yes. Like, one, <sighs> like, thank God. And two, they think that it's going to diffuse the 
the animalistic, pleasurable, like natural pieces of what sex and sexuality could be. But like, if I learned anything from this movie, and I and if I want any of the listeners to know anything about that, like have a feeling when they watch this movie, it's that planning and consent and requesting and being vocal and specific about what you want and don't want is the sexiest fucking thing. Yes. And and it is such a it's it's such a diversion from what the media portrays as what a sex scene could be, which is like dangerous and secretive and yes. quick and um and dominating and all of these things that um, I and 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 I, when I watched the movie, I really had this body reaction to be like, um, the only thing that can turn me on in media is all of those things. That when I watched this movie, I was so electrified when Leo Grand walked in and said, "Can I come in?" Yes, and that was the most simple act of consent, the most simple question that made me say, come inside, like, please, you know, and can I kiss you? And does this feel good? Or can I touch your shoulder? And, oh, this is, yeah, this was was this beautiful part about Leo in this movie, not to interrupt you, that he is, it's a part of his work Mm -hmm. of being professional, but I also think it's a part of his age of how he was grow, how he was brought up in the culture in regards to the fact that consent is a goddamn thing. Yes. Um, and then it's really because, smooth. but that's the beauty of him being younger. That is mm. the beauty of him being younger. That it's like, yes, it's him being professional, but to him, it's commonplace. Yeah. And for While her, it's wow. for her, it's like you're you, you really be- are asking about my needs and. This idea of um, my, the only thing that I ever felt like I didn't, um, wasn't able to experience when I was younger is to fully like understand, like, I just want to be able to have like, feel pleasure without barriers, yes, without a judgment, without, well, now you did this and now you will be punished in this way. Yes. Because that was literally what we were told. Mm-hmm. We would, my age group, you will be punished in one way or the other, mm-hmm. especially as a female. Yeah. So, and so it makes you sense, be careful. Like you get to the actual experience with someone and you're like, is this okay? Oh my God, this is so bad. Oh my God, I right. can't tell anybody about it. Oh my God, I just have to take whatever this person will give me. Right. Instead of being like, I want to be able to release this and just experience pleasure with this person and like really loving connection, if that's what you choose. And in order to get there, I can just be explicit about my needs. So did you find it like in the movie? I mean, I did find it charming that she had a list. She literally had a list of things. And at one point she says, does she not say this, that, um, that like he did not go down on her. Like her husband did not. Did, yeah, am I correct? Yes. No, you're correct. I've so, watched so she, it. I've watched this twice, two yeah. times. You would think that I would. No, but no, 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 you're right. So, so the first day he says, what do you want? And she says, I want to have sex with you today. If that's possible. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And like, imagine this, by the way, of, beautiful Emma Thompson saying this. Yeah. Like she is a very in a very pragmatic way yes. in a in a smart suit. She she's yes. wearing a lovely suit as if she's going on an interview. Yes. Uh, she, she comes into the hotel room in the, in the beginning of a movie in this suit with like perfectly packed like suitcase and it's like very 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 sweet. But the second the second time they meet, she was she, he was like okay, so, so down to, she's down to breast. Yeah, and she's like I would like you know, you on top and then me on top and then this and then that. And, and he, he's kind of, he's kind of probing, like, what is your sexual experience? And, you know, eventually she gets there and it's always, you know, it's always been like my husband on top, missionary done, we're over. And, and, and he asked, and, and, and she's like, and I would like you to go down on me. And I've never had that before. And he looks at her and is like, you've never, not, not in like in a, like a shaming way, but like, like here's more context for me so that right. I can really respond to you. Yes. As like someone who is, I, I, 
You've never had that. So I am going to adjust yeah, with what I am. Is. And I'm always also going to adjust how I'm going to deliver this level of pleasure yes. to you. With, within the context of. Which is, ama- which is hot. amazing yeah. and hot. Like this is like the level of sensitivity within this man's eyes and the way he talks to her with this in this movie I started crying at that moment and it was not because like he was about to go down on her which I was like yay <laughs> yay she fucking deserves it. she's goddamn Emma Thompson but yeah. she's also Nancy Na- as Nancy holy fuck yes and I, I and like I wanted to celebrate when that was happening I was like yes. absolutely this person should do that absolutely like this is like like he deserves a prize or whatever and then I I kind of started reading his body language a little bit more which was not the exception but his body language suggested how casual he was how open he was how kind he was that this should be the standard that, <laughs> yes. that I should be able to say would you like this and Correct. if I'm comfortable with this I will I, I will want to be there with you in that way and that it that like her like stops and starts and like are you sure oh my god I'm so sorry whatever which is what I went through within my own sexuality journey where it's like are you sure are you sure you want to do that and it was it like now I realize that like if if people are okay with it wanting it consenting to it enjoying it that like what do I have to be like shameful about what do I have to feel like why am I someone? Why am I so uncomfortable about it? If like, I shouldn't be apologizing for requesting my own needs. Yeah, never. It's just like such a exhausting process. It's an exhausting process, but I do think that this is. It's an example of that. It's I an mean, example of this, and it's we are we are um, we are retraining ourselves. Yeah. Um. And I don't know or, if it's, yes. I don't know if it's, I, and I especially think as, as women, I think we retrain ourselves, um, to what is allowed and what is acceptable. And, and I, you know, there's weird things that have come up with me that I've been like, you know, why am I hung up on this weird thing that I should not be hung up on at all? And I think I'm a very open person, but, um, the greatest gift I've ever had that was that I was like, I mean, I made a decision at a certain, I'm like, I'm never not going to be vocal Mm. when I am with somebody. Like, like if we are with each other, our sexual relationship is going to be as vocal with you during this as if I'm talking to you about our taxes yes, right now. Yes, I want to we, be as clear. We, we, I, we have to be clear. And, you know, I, I think there was a long period of time that was not that long ago where it's like, I just have to, I guess, just get this over with. And we have all had bad yeah, sexual experiences, experiences yeah. in which... I comedically talk about a few things in which in the past where I'm like, I have, I tried to coach this person <laughs> and let us, I'm not going to vilify them, but let's just put it down to what worked for them did not work for me. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that, cause that was, um, and that's the joy of putting your needs as, 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 right. as explicitly as possible is that you can find out if someone will meet you there and if they can't then you will go your separate ways you know right and like and the same goes for them I feel like it's it's exciting and it's it'll it'll um really clear the air and really get to where you need to be um if you are expressing those needs up front and also I feel like it's it's like exciting and also like compassionate to your partner be like oh this is exactly what I don't have to guess for, you know, however long. Like, I don't have to, like... Right. You have to be comfortable with having that conversation, though, which I know for so many people... It's hard. It's so fucking hard. And, like, Nancy's character, she has never been asked. Mm. Yeah. And Leo is like, I'm a goddamn professional. Like, I'm literally waiting for you to ask exactly what But the problem is with Nancy is she can't get... She can't, for a very long time of the movie get it out of her head even though she has paid for this service 
She cannot get it out of her head. Well, the only reason why you're asking me this is because I paid for you to ask me for this. And he's like, yes, in a way, that is partial of this. But also, I can't do my job unless we communicate and i also want to help you at the end of the motherfucking day i want to help you yeah believe me at the end i want to be job satisfaction too i want you to be happy i want you to grow in this and it's the way she fights herself so many times in this and she also can't stop herself from being a mother at one point she like she, really she starts treating him like a child. She cro- yeah, she does cross a line. She absolutely crosses a line with him in which she like delves into who he is really. Yeah. And and he's like actually this is my boundary. Right. I'm actually done with this now. And it was really illuminating. That scene was really illuminating. It broke my heart. Yeah, because because it, it is clear that he's created this persona so that he can do his job well. Absolutely. And, and he's, and he's a great, I mean, he's a, he is a professional. He, like, this is, and as soon as, and, and it was a good example of when someone crosses your boundaries, you can just walk away, which is something that I think in, in sex and sexuality, in my own, like, kind of personal experience, but also what I've heard in, like, the research and in, like, courses that I've taken on this subject that, like, Within a sexual encounter, when someone crosses your boundaries, I think women and femmes specifically are not taught to say, you know what, that was beyond my comfort and I will stop this and I will walk away, but how can I get over that so I can continue to prep, to, to, to just like make sure that I'm present and, and even when I'm uncomfortable. And so I feel like Leo's behavior when Nancy crossed a line started to d- dig into his personal life more than yes. he wanted. He, he said, I am not only not, not okay with this, I'm angry and I'm leaving. Yes. And now this has crossed the line because our relationship is only in a professional way. That's right. And I was like, and, and it was, it was really heartbreaking, but I was like, that's, he, he was explicit about that. He was really from explicit. the, from the beginning. And I, I am remiss on this y'all. Um, <laughs> Rachel is, Give me your please. Rachel has actual credentials. I do not. Rachel, please so, give me your credentials. So, um, I, am, I am a beginning sex and relationship therapist, and um, I am, you know, like accredited by the state of Ohio as a social worker, and really, and I'm going into, you know, becoming a sex and relationship therapist for individuals and couples, and like have studied minimally, but have studied you know, like the, the effects of like sex and culture on adults and on older adults and like the, the myths that we really do buy into that really affect us receiving the pleasure and, and, and love that we really want in this life. Um, God, that's fucking beautiful. I see. This is why I needed her to say it because I could not have said it as well as you No, but that's, um, I should have started with that. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. Um, no, there is, um, there's something about this. There is something about this movie though, that I keep on telling people like the reasons to watch it's even though they're like, well, what is the connection? I had somebody goes, I don't know if that's a connection for me. I'm like, it is a connection for everyone though. The reason, I mean, the communication, the boundaries, the, the awkwardness in the it. The awkwardness I in it. I saw myself in, in those scenes. And, um, oh my God, I saw myself so much in so many scenes with, like, Nancy. Like, not maybe now, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I'm Nancy. I've been, like, at that level. And she can't, like, turn off the fact that she is caring for other people. I don't have any children. I have a dog. Which, where he, is he, by the way? He's right here. Okay, okay, very good. <laughs> Uh, He's very tiny, though, so that's the reason why I think always that he's a child. Um, um, But I think there's a... It was just... It was a great film. It's a great film. Everyone should see it. Everyone should see it. And one other thing about, like, one other thing about, like, going into this... Um, I would say going into this movie is there is something 
beautifully, and it should not be shocking, but wonderfully and beautifully shocking is Nancy has a moment near the end of the movie where it becomes... Leo has gotten her to where she needs to get. Yeah. To a level of pleasure Mm -hmm. and self-fulfillment. And it's bigger than, like, pleasure. It's bigger than anything. It's It's about openness. It's about openness. It's about acceptability. It's about what she loves. There's so much of this movie that I feel like Nancy hates herself. Because she's been told by people and society and about all these other bullshit. Like, you are not adequate. You've gotten older, so you're not as great. You're you're not as... Or you don't deserve pleasure. You don't deserve pleasure. You don't deserve love. You don't deserve to be seen as sexual. You deserve all of this shit. And she so fucking proudly looks at herself, spoiler alert, in the mirror naked. And it is Emma thompson naked it is not a body double it is her looking at herself and she's like all right that's fucking me yes and i'm like it was wonderful i'm like i want to get there like i'm not there like as a person of like i'm always someone who hates like always i'm like past like eating disorder past like all that stuff but i've suffered from it and when you suffer from any of those things her generation just suffered from always hating their bodies. That's my mother's generation. Yeah. Like, Emma Thompson, mother's generation. Was part they of just always are never good enough. Yeah. And, like, the whole eating disorder family world that I come from is just like, all right, don't stare at yourself in the mirror too much. Yeah, don't, don't, don't really fix, become comfortable with yourself or spend any time thinking that you could become comfortable. Don't fixate yourself. on that. But when I saw her do that, I was like, God, that's amazing. And I'm like, God bless you, Emma Thompson, who was just like, oh, you want me fully nude for this movie? I will. And you want me? That's fine. And I'm like, fuck yes. Because... Can we please look at what a body looks like? Yeah. That's a, a body. That's a body. And I hope that the movie is inspiring for people to do that themselves, to just look at themselves and say, this is part of who I am. This is a vessel for connection. This is an opportunity for me to love myself in every way. And to, like, just be frank about it. Just to say yeah. it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It can just be something that is holding me right now. And that's, like... I love that. It can be something that is just holding me right now. Yeah. And I feel like it's just, like, this really gentle gentle way to accept ourselves. Yeah, that's really that's really beautiful. But okay, so we are ending this. I know we we didn't spoil all of it. No, but we mostly talked about we mostly talked about owning and being better with your sexuality. And it's okay because I have a clinical therapist with me, and it's just not me making up shit. Um, me and Dexter. Dexter knows nothing. He's laying here. In the sun. Literally getting a suntan on his blonde body. If I could put sunscreen on you right now, I would, Dexter. Do you see this right now? Um, um, But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shame you on that at all, Dexter. Um, He's just gotten up. Um, But thank you guys for listening in. I hope you're enjoying this. Please, please, if you haven't watched. Because we have not fully. I don't think we spoiled enough. No, and if you're, yeah, please watch this it. This is not a Marvel movie. We're not, we're yeah. not giving you a goddamn like, oh, and then, then Thanos comes in and he kicks someone in the crotch. I, yeah. Which again, do yeah. not come out with, come at me, Marvel people. I know he doesn't do that, but I'm saying that, like, yeah. this is a movie that, um, it's a movie for people who have a brain who think. Yeah. Who, and and if you're, I have like a few like reading and podcast recommendations for people. Yes, absolutely. So, like, if you're interested in look, learning more about, like, sex over 60 or 70 or pleasure and consent or, like, just sex beyond what we think it could be, um, there's a podcast that was really uh, important to my own 
understanding of Sex Over 60 and really came up in this movie a lot. It's a daily episode called The Joys and Challenges of Sex Over 70. And it came out this year um, and it's amazing. Um, the second thing I would recommend is looking into Erica Hart. She's a black queer femme sex educator and is incredible. Um, and then um, a Netflix special called The Principles of Pleasure. Um, which is I have watched that. Great. Fantastic. Um, but thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. This was amazing. And oh, I'm so blessed to have Rachel here as a guest and um, as someone who is much more educated in this than me. But um, yes, go watch Hulu. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. You will thank us. You will feel better somehow, yeah. regardless of your age, about you and sexuality and being a human. So watch it. All right. Love you all. Bye. Oh, also, popcultureforsephony.com. Go to the webcast. The podcast, I mean, not the podcast. God, the website. <laughs> and um, for more additional information. Thank you. Bye.